What is up, you gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous humans? Welcome to the Siren Confessions, formerly known as the Boss Bitch Podcast. Uh, Before we dive in, I want to give you a little disclaimer that listening to this podcast may result in creating the life and business that you crave, embodying your magnetism, and owning your own siren energy. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm your visibility and confidence mentor, helping you uncover your inner bad bitch so that you can reclaim your confidence and create the life that you know you're meant to live that turns you the fuck on. We're going to cover all the things here, like how to get visible, how to take up space, integrate pleasure into your life and business, be your true, authentic, maybe weird, maybe quirky self, and so much more, including lots of spicy siren confessions. So sit back, relax. Grab your favorite drink and let's dive into some juicy stuff. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the podcast. Oh my gosh. So I'm recording this two days before my birthday, Cancer Vibes, and um, I'm feeling really good. And you know... um, I'm a week out from my last day at the salon, and I have finally come to a place where I'm not just saying I've let things go and taken the pressure off, but I really feel like that's where I'm at. (laughs) I really feel like, um, you know, I am in a good spot. I know last episode I talked all about, you know, what was going on um, emotionally and like mindset wise as I was preparing to leave and like making the decision to leave. Um, And all that is still true, right? But it was like sometimes something clicks and kind of happens before you really or after you've been saying something and And I thought I was really believing what I was saying, but now um, I've had a little bit more time to kind of like settle in and my body feels really good. Like when I think about next month, I'm not like, oh my God, what the fuck? Ah, Um, I am just trusting that things are going to be okay, right? I am trusting that... Um, the right clients are going to find me, that I don't have to go back to overwork, hustle mode, blah, 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 to, um, to get back to where I was. I mean, come on, it took me a decade to get to where I was in the hair in my, well, not a decade, but it took me, I don't know, seven years or something like that to get to where I was, um, with my hair business. And it took a lot of intention And towards the end, right, the last couple of years when my business really took off and I was seeing the numbers I wanted to see and I was working less and I was feeling really good, um, it was because I was doing other things in my life to support being able to hold all of that. And I was not overworking, right? I was really intentionable, intentionable. (laughs) I guess that's a word too. Um, I was very intentional about where I spent my time, who I spent my time with, um, what I said yes to, what I was saying no to. Um, I was really intentional about 
how many hours I worked and what I was working on. And I considered everything I did in my life to be a core business practice. And I know some people don't agree. They're like, you know, I don't agree that like rest makes you money. I don't agree that everything should be considered part of your business, but I live my life around my business, right? Like, or no, hold on. I I mean, I, is that what I meant? <laughs> hold on. My little cute little dyslexic brain is like, wait, I'm confused. Um, I am building my business to fit into my life. That's what I'm talking about. And, you know, what that means is like I, I, everything I do, I think correlates to my business because my business is part of my life and vice versa. And I am building a personal brand and I am building something that's bigger than myself because I want that, um, that, that legacy, right, to continue on. I want to set things up for, for my kid and for the future and for, um, all the people in my life that I want to help support. And that includes everything, right? Includes organizations I want to give money to, which let me tell you, I wish I was a billionaire right now because I would be giving all the money to all the right people, in my opinion. Um, and, and, you know, it just really comes down to Having that, I hate using the word faith because it just feels very like woo, woo, blah, 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 yuck. But I really have to have that faith in myself that I can handle whatever comes up, that also the universe has my back, and that I'm really fucking smart and I figured all of this out once and I will figure it out again, right? I've built a six-figure business. I scaled a six-figure business. I am on my way to doing that with my current coaching business. And who knows, right? I want all different aspects of myself to be monetized. I want this podcast to be monetized. I want brands to pay me to talk about their shit on the internet. I want to write books. I want to be on, I don't know, I want to guest speak at places. I want to do all sorts of things. And, you know, it being the few days before my 37th birthday, there is a big part of my brain that wants to tell me that I am not going to get those things because I'm all, it's already too late. And all these little like young bitches are coming into the industry and like beating me out of all these other things because they have a leg up on whatever I think they have a leg up on, right? Utilizing social media in the way people want to see it and all these things. And, you know, although who, that could be true, that, that could be true, but um, I have something else to offer. And although I am very active on social media, I don't know if I do it the same as like the young gals, but um, also I don't think I'm old. Okay. I just, for the record, I don't give a fuck about my age. Um, every year I'm like, well, it, it is kind of weird. It's like the oldest I've ever been. So I don't know. We'll see. And every year goes by and I'm not fucking any different. I'm still rocking croc, croc tops. <laughs> <laughs> crop tops, wearing Crocs, um, all everything is platform. Like I wear bucket hats like I'm 12. Um, like right now I have a tube top on that looks like it's from the 90s. Like, I don't know, whatever, right? 
And um, I just got some bad bitch nails. They're hella long and life's going to be interesting, but they look really good, so I don't care. You know, I, I can't be worried about that kind of shit. And that is part of what I tell my clients, right? That's part of who I am and how I'm able to show up as myself. And I no longer want to be a different person at work than I am in life. I just want to be the same, like all the time. And that's not to say that certain aspects of yourself can't or shouldn't be like toned down or amped up or whatever, depending on the situation that you're in, right? Like I'm not necessarily going to be like my full, full, full self around my grandparents. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's enough, but I'm not going to be like F-bomb this and bitch that and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it's like not necessarily appropriate. Um, although my grandparents are pretty cool, so maybe they wouldn't care. Who knows? But, you know, um, I remember a time a while back, like a handful of years ago, I was working in a a salon, a cute little salon downtown in my hometown. And, um, my husband was doing a lot of gigs back then with his band. And so I invited them all because he was doing one downtown close to the salon. I was like, you know, after work, I'm going to go down to, um, blah, blah, bar and watch my husband's band and there were a handful of stylists that were like oh my god how fun like we're gonna come so they came I'm being totally normal being myself like you know we're drinking wine and whatever and hanging out and um one of them just like kept looking at me kind of weird and finally I was like what's up and she's all well um you're just so different in person that or outside of work than you are at work and I was like what do you mean and she was like well you're like you're actually a lot of fun and I remember in the moment I was like almost offended like yeah I'm fucking fun what do you mean why are you so what what do you mean like how is this a surprise and and she just like didn't really elaborate but I know it's because at work I was Like a serious bitch. I was like, I'm here to make money. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to be like professional Elizabeth. I had my professional hat on of like needing to do like everything was perfect. I I wanted to talk to my clients like perfect, perfect, perfect and like do perfect, perfect hair. And I guess I just didn't realize how, how much, how intensely I was doing that until this, this person said this to me. And I was like, whoa, because yeah, I've always been kind of, um, I don't know, I guess I'm pretty extroverted. I'm really social. Uh, I'm like kind of loud. I'm kind of extra. Like I will literally twerk on you all night long if you let me. I have one friend who like pretends like she hates it, but I know that bitch loves it. And um, Paris, if you listen to this, I love you. Um, And, you know, it's... (laughs) I don't know. That's just who I am, I guess. Right. And I just didn't think that much about it and how much I was turning all of those things down at work. Not like I necessarily would go to work, twerk all over everybody. But, you know, there's like that that energy in me was not being was not being utilized. I was not letting her shine. And it's sad because that's where I shine is when I'm being my full self, just like you, just like anybody. And that's what I tell my clients. And that's really what this episode is about, which is embodying your message and embodying, um, essentially walking your talk in a way, right? If we're going to put it into like, 
I don't know, verbiage that people would understand more who maybe don't know about embodiment work. But for me, coming on the internet and like, I'm sure people are like, why the hell is this chick like always in her underwear? Why is she always like half dressed, half naked, blah, 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 whatever. Um, Because I think it's fun because there's a huge part of me that just is like a very, I'm very like tapped into my sensuality and it took me a really long time to get comfortable with that part of myself. Um, I think I must have been like a burlesque dancer or something in another life because I just, I love, love, you know, well, I love watching women just like dance and their bodies are amazing. And I just, I don't know, I don't know. I, I have actually been wondering if there's something underneath that, but <laughs> that's a topic for another day. Um, but you know, my favorite movies when I was a kid were Dirty Dancing, Gypsy. I don't know if you have you watched Gypsy. It's like Bette Midler a million years ago, and her daughter. Oh God, I can't remember her name. Well, her name in the show is Gypsy, but um, they. Uh, she's a dancer. She ends up basically being a stripper, but this is in like the fuck I don't know twenties or something like that. So I mean. Really, it was like burlesque dancing. It wasn't really stripping, but she was like very ahead of her time. And um, it was like quite the scandal, right? And um, I was obsessed with that movie. And I still think it's funny that my mom let me watch it because my mom is, well, not so much anymore. But at the time, she was very, very conservative. Like she did not like anything that had anything to do with sex, like talk about needing to heal some shit, right? Yes, she did too. And, um, you know, so growing up, like I love to dance. I love to be kind of like the center of attention. Like my husband and I met in high school and we started liking each other because we both like to dance. And so we would find each other on the quote dirty songs and like, you know, freak it up on the dance floor. Like, I mean, this is just a part of who I am. I don't know. It is what it is. And so by totally shutting that part of me down and off and like, I didn't look at it. I didn't want to talk about it. I wasn't comfortable showcasing it. Like I felt like once I had my kid, I had to be a mom and I couldn't really be like sexy anymore, which I was 30 years old when I had it. Like, come on, what do you mean? These are the best years of our lives. And, um, so anyway, over the course of the last, definitely the last year, maybe even six months to a year, but really I've been putting in this work, this healing work for the past probably like solid two years to three years. I have my matcha and um, I always make drinks right before I, I film these or record these and then I can never drink them because I'm talking too much. So I'm taking a little sippy sip. It's so good. Ooh, ooh, is that like some ASMR? <laughs> Someone told me a while back that I should do ASMR videos. Um, I don't even know how I would do that, but maybe, I don't know. If someone knows how to do it, tell me, because I feel like that'd be fun. Um, okay, so anyway, getting back to healing this part of myself. So now, you know, I kind of have come to the point where I'm, I'm talking about siren energy a lot because I dove into that a little bit recently. And to me, when I think of siren, I didn't even know that this was like another word for basically a mermaid. Um, and it was kind of like this 
mythical creature, like goddess energy kind of thing. And then when I learned that, I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Because when it was something I was working on, it like came up in my Reiki session. It came up like literally like an ambulance siren, like a, like a red flashing siren. So I now am associating like red and neon with siren energy because in my mind I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. It's like being extra, being loud, being vibrant, like really not being afraid of kind of blasting that energy out into the world. And really like when I looked it up, I was like, oh, that is like not at all what I thought siren energy was or like what a siren was. Um, Obviously I knew it meant sensual and sexual energy. Um, I, I didn't actually, I knew there was another word than like an ambulance siren for, for the word siren, but I didn't realize it was like a mermaid kind of thing. <clears throat> My God, excuse me. But, whoa. <clears throat> okay, hold on. <clears throat> My son does that. I think I just choked on my spit. <laughs> Leo does that all the time and I'm always like, I don't understand, how does this happen? Okay, apparently now I understand. It just happens. So um, anyway, with the siren energy, you know, I kind of dove deeper into that. And that to me was like that, that last step of healing and of being able to show more of that side of myself to the world. And, um, you know, I think so many women, I think we are all sensual creatures. Like, I mean, every human on the planet is period. And it's really what what happens during our lifetimes that either bring us closer to it or pull us farther away from that identity. And for me, you know, in my history, like that part of me was not safe for a really long time. And it was judgment from others, judgment from myself, trauma, um, sexual trauma, like all sorts of things that were keeping, that I was kind of keeping locked up inside and because I didn't want to look at it, it's really, it's painful, right? It's hard and it's scary and it's like, you know, no one really wants to go look at their pain and their trauma. But, you know, once I, I did, and I think a big piece of this healing for me was um, over the last six months, I did a training through my local women's shelter and it was their crisis and... Um, Oh gosh, hold on. Their domestic and sexual assault crisis advocacy training. And basically what that was, was like, I can, I'm now certified to answer the crisis hotline and I'm on the SART team, which is like a first response team um, for sexual abuse survivors. Um, and we go to the hospital and we meet them there and we are their advocates, right? Whatever they need is what we do for them. Um, sometimes they need us to advocate for them to the doctors and nurses or to um, the uh, police department or whoever's there um, to maybe like do a statement or um, sometimes they just need someone to hold their hand. Sometimes they just need someone there to explain to them what's going on or, or you know, it's, it's literally whatever they need. And going through this training and hearing um, all the verbiage and listening and watching other survivors' stories, it just really, um, it was really fucking hard, but it was extremely healing for me. And I think it was kind of that last little piece, at least for now, because healing is like not linear and it's always 
a journey and there's not usually an end date. But for this piece of me and this piece of my life and this piece of my trauma, it really felt like this really kind of beautiful puzzle piece like that fit into that last spot that I needed filled because, um, you know, I don't think I would have been ready to do something like this even just a year or two ago. But with all the other healing work that I've been doing and um, with the coaching and with the vulnerability that other women have been sharing with me over the past couple of years, it really prepared me to, to be, I have grounding practices, I have rituals, I, I know how to be an active listener while also protecting my own um, sacral energy. And there's just a lot of tools I have now in my tool belt that allowed me to step further into this role, right? And once that happened, I graduated from the program in at the end of April. Um, and it's so it's only been a couple of months. And luckily, I have not had to go to the hospital there. Um, I have not had to. That means there hasn't been a sexual assault in our area, at least um, since then. But, um, you know, it is something that I am prepared for. And it's obviously going to be really hard, especially that first one. But I know that I... I do have the tools, right, to help myself. And that, knowing that and kind of healing that last piece, really, I was able to embody this energy, this siren energy, this sensual liberated energy that um, I didn't have before, that I couldn't before. And that's fine. I'm not making that wrong. It's part of my journey. But that is something that I wasn't really prepared for, but was hopeful would happen eventually, right? Like I knew I wanted to be more comfortable in that vulnerability and talking more about um, sexual and sensual liberation for women because it is so important to me. It is such a huge piece of who I am and of my story and like part of why I do what I do. Um, But I didn't know that it was going to happen like boom right now. Right. And so when I started my new Instagram page, I knew I needed it to be, I needed to build it up to be as safe of a space as possible for me to be able to show up there in my fucking underwear if that's what I wanted to do. And it's really nice too because I am surrounded by a lot of other coaches that also show up in their underwear. So it's like slightly normalized for me. But I, I, you know, I have to keep in mind that for my, my listeners, my viewers, my audience, like my followers, it might not be as normalized. So they might be where I was at two years ago, six months ago, five years ago. And I might be triggering them, right? Like that is part of embodying your message, embodying your truth is that typically when we do that, we are going to trigger people who are not where we're at. And that's what being a leader is, right? And it's not necessarily doing it on purpose. I don't have any idea what I might do or say that might be triggering someone else, unless they tell me, of course. But, you know, knowing that we have to take a certain amount of responsibility when we are leaders, when we are on the internet, when we are claiming to be a support to people, able to help people, able to guide people, right? When we're in that leadership role, there are a lot of things we do have to 
um, take on as responsibility to a degree, right? Like it's not my responsibility how people are triggered or what they do with their trigger, but I do have to know that it's okay for people to maybe not be okay with my messaging, with what I do, with the visuals, with what I'm saying, because maybe they're on their path and they're not ready to hear that yet. Maybe they're not healed enough. Maybe they're like, oh my God, you know, I want to be there one day, but I'm not right now. And every time I look at your stuff, it makes me feel like I'm behind or whatever, right? So that is on them. We are all individually responsible for ourselves when we're in those positions. And what I've realized is there is a degree of separation there and I don't need to change my message or what is important to me or what I believe in because someone might come along at some point and not like what I have to say or not be there in their journey yet or, um, you know, not feel like they can consume my content without being triggered and feeling bad, right? Because the trigger can, can when I'm triggered now, I have a protocol. Um, and typically I can take care of that on my own. But sometimes I do have to mute somebody or unfollow or just know that like their message is not for me right now, right? I have to be discerning in that way. But, you know, I understand too that people are going to do that for me. And I understand that you know, sometimes I get down on myself about why isn't my account growing like faster? You know, like this content is amazing. Like this content will change lives. It's going to change the world. Like why aren't people like, why doesn't everyone know? And the thing is like, this is the, th- the kind of things I talk about and the way I present myself on the internet. It's not for everybody and it's not easily digestible by the masses, right? This isn't, this isn't an account that's just giving tips and tricks on like how to build your email list or how to launch a course or how to grow on Instagram. Like it's so much more nuanced than that. And it's so much deeper than that. Um, Not that those things aren't important. They can be sure. But, you know, embodying my message and what I want to say and my truth, it's just not something that be that can be conveyed or encapsulated like in a bunch of viral how-to reels. And personally, a lot of the reels I see go viral are bullshit anyway, and I don't want to be known for that. It's like bro marketing, it's mainstream crapola, it's capitalism, it's just unethical, like lots of things that I don't believe in. So it's okay for me to be growing at a slower pace. I'm still selling stuff. The right people are always coming to me. Um, People ask me all the time how they can work with me. And um, so I'm happy. And to me, that's what really matters. So embodying my message is going to look and feel and be different and sound different than what it's going to be for you and everyone else, right? So that's why it's so important to make sure we are tapped into our true authentic selves, right? It's hard to know that and it's ever evolving, right? Like, I mean, I, at every every level of this, like before I go deeper, right? Um, over the last, I would say for sure year, but like maybe two, three years, 
Um, I've always thought that I was being my authentic self. It's not until I come through to the other side of like whatever's happening where I'm like, oh, okay, I just like, okay, there's a new layer. Okay, like, okay, there's a new whatever. And, um, you know, it grows and it expands and I get to learn more about myself. So just know that you don't have to be like locked in to this like one way of being. I mean, nothing is like that. No one thing just stays the same forever, right? And and it shouldn't. And you shouldn't look at yourself like, I don't know, this is how people look at their bodies, right? Like if they weighed X pounds at one point in their life, like that should be what they weigh for the whole remainder of their life. And I think I'm talking like when it's a low, quote, low, whatever that means, number, right? Um, and it's just like, what the fuck? Like that doesn't make any sense or... You know, we see all these fitness influencers, they literally all have the same exact body and they started out with a body not that much different than the one they're showing us and somehow we all get brainwashed into thinking that that is what we all need to look like. It's like, no, 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 (laughs) you know, I mean, and that's another topic for another day, Um, but you know, it's just one size doesn't fit all. Embodying your message is going to be totally different than me embodying mine. And that is what is so wonderful about this. And that's why I just am never going to share, quote, tips and tricks. Because this work just isn't like, it's just never going to be a one size fits all. It's just not. So um, if you're having a hard time figuring this out, if you're kind of like, uh, okay, I want to embody my message, but I don't really know how to like, be my message because I'm not totally sure my message is me. How can I be something that I'm not? Like, like you know, our brains kind of can go into the spiral mode. Um, come DM me on Instagram. Find me. Let me know, hey, I just listened to the podcast. Like, I'm having an identity crisis and I'll help you. Okay, I'll help you. And um, I highly recommend coming to my three-day event, which is going to be Oh no, by the time you hear this, it will have already happened. (laughs) So um, it's going to be evergreen. So by the time you hear this, you can buy it and just watch it um, on replay. Uh, But I highly recommend being there live. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to hear this in time to like be there live, but I hope to see you there. And if I don't see you there, I hope that you um, come find me on Instagram and talk to me and tell me all the things because I love chatting with y'all on in the DMs. Some people hate their DMs. I love them. In fact, I will purposely not check my Instagram for hours at a time so that when I go in, I'll have like a lot of DMs because it makes me feel good. (laughs) Oh man, I know. Whatever. Um, Dopamine hits, man. It's just got to take what we can get. Um, So yeah, that's what I have on embodying your message. And I know it I mean, it didn't feel like it was random to me, but um, that might have felt a little random kind of all over the place. But to me, that that's that's me in a nutshell and that's me embodying my message, okay? Um, my message is that women are amazing. Women, I want women to make their own money. I want women to be able to invest in themselves. I want women to be in control of their bodies. I want women to be sexually and sensually and all financially liberated. I want all women everywhere 
especially women of color, black women, to be sovereign beings. I want us all to have body autonomy. I want everyone to walk their talk and do the work that lights them up. I I want to be able to buy from any woman-owned business I fucking want. I want to redistribute wealth. I want to put money back in to the pussy economy, okay? Like that to me is number one. And so how are we going to do that? We need to more empowered women, empowered women, empower women. I know that's just like such an overused statement, but it's fucking true. And if we all were to work on embodying our own messaging and even if you don't run your own business, like just being able to be your own human, your own person with your own purpose and your own vision and your own everything, right? Then we will no longer look at each other with comparison and competition in mind. We're going to look at each other and see each other's wins and be excited and pump that person up and be like, if that bitch can do it, so can I. That to me is, quote, world peace, right? Because when we stop fighting each other, guess what? The patriarchy is going down. It's going fucking down. And um, so we need all the women on board the train, the pussy train, the pleasure train. Uh, We need everyone taking care of themselves. We just, we need more healing because embodied women will change the world 100%. Okay? I love you all so much. Until next time.